Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. The heavens and the earth. You're the sovereign Lord who, 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 who sought to send Jesus, or thought it not robbery, to send Jesus to die in our place, to live a life of of pure, um, righteous, and, and no stain upon his life, no guile in his mouth, and that he died a, a vicarious death. He was raised with a glorious resurrection. And Father, we're so very grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ today. We thank you. Everybody just thank God for Jesus. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. It is because of Jesus that we're, we have a relationship with you. It's because of Jesus that our lives are saved from our sins and the wrath of God and, and judgment and hell, damnation. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. We are so very grateful for Jesus. It is because of Jesus that we're, we're not consumed. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we want to thank you for the Holy Spirit, for it is he who comes to dwell inside of us. He's another comforter. He's called, he's called to, to lead us and to guide us into all truth. We're so very grateful for, for the Holy Spirit. It is he that uh, empowers us to fulfill the plans and the purposes of God. And we're so very grateful. And, and Father, we want to thank you for being our very own Father. Though our, our natural fathers were great or not great, or whether you're absent or present, we thank you for being our Father. You adopted us into your kingdom, into your family, and, and now we you call us children. You call us sons. You call us sons and daughters in the Son. And, and Father, we're so, so very grateful for, for being our Father. Let's just thank God the Father for being our Father. We, we thank you for, for being our Father. You are, you are our very own Father. You are our very own Father. Thank you for fathering us. Thank you for, for being God to us. Thank you for giving us our identity. Uh, though our, 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 our last name may be connected to our natural father, but you give us our identity as a being. We thank you, Father. It's from you that we are. We, we draw our identity, Father. Not in what we do or what we say, but in who you are. And you call us children. You call us sons. We're not afraid anymore, Father. We're not afraid. We thank you, Father. Come on, come on, people of God. Let's worship. We're not afraid anymore. We're not afraid. We come boldly before you, your throne. We thank you, Father. Thank you for being Father. Father, Father, Abba, Father. Our spirits cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Abba, Father. Father God, da Daddy God, Father, we thank you. You love us with the everlasting love. You love us with the everlasting love. There is a love that, that doesn't change. Though our change, our love in this world changes, but your love is not an ordinary love. Father, your, your love is everlasting. Your love is the only constant love in this world. People fail. Um, Lord, um, our, our jobs fail, our, our money fail, I mean, our, our lives fail, our bodies fail, but you don't change. And you, Lord, there's no shadow turning with you, for you are the Lord God that changes not. Jesus Christ, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I, I thank you for that love, that love that doesn't change. You love on us today. And I tell you, if you'll enter in, you'll begin to experience the love of God. If you'll get past your 
the veil of the flesh. If you go beyond the veil of the flesh, you'll get more out of this service than you've ever got out of any service. So I want you to lift up your hands and I want you to minister to our Father and minister to our Savior, Jesus, and minister to the Holy Spirit. Father, we love you. We, we're not moved by time. You are a God that is timeless. You live in eternity. You are eternal. And Father, we worship you and we praise you. We exalt you, Father. Thank you for being our Father. Thank you. We can call you Father. Jesus died so that we can have this relationship. Father, I thank you. I worship you, Father. I worship you, Father. Thank you. You're the God of comfort. You're the God of our salvation. You're the God of our yesterdays and todays and our tomorrows. You're God, and we, we will not rob you of praise, and we will not rob you of worship. We minister to you. We minister to you. We say, be glorified. Be pleased. Be exalted. Be lifted up, oh God. Be lifted up. Be, be, be glorified. Oh, we worship you, Father. And now comes the anointing. The anointing that destroys the yoke. The anointing that brings understanding. Now we enter into that place. We enter, we just stepped into another place. And Father, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Every need will be met. Every, every mind be renewed. Every, every heart be filled with joy. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for drawing, drawing us, your people, to you. Thank you, Lord, for we've come to meet with you. We didn't come for religion. We came for relationship. We came for fellowship. We came for, for an encounter with the God of heaven. And we thank you for it. And Father, now give unto your children the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may notice the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. And Father, as your son, and, uh, as your son who chooses to be your slave, I stand in the office that you've called me to, the offices that you've called me to, and I thank you for that teaching anointing, that anointing that makes teaching easy, that anointing that is beyond natural teaching, that anointing that brings understanding. And Father, I step into that office and I, and I receive what you have for this, these, your people, Father. Thank you for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. And I thank you that lives will be forever changed. I thank you that this moment on, that will never be the same. Say, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. I came here to meet with God. So I expect God to show up and to show out and to change me. I welcome the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit now. Lift up your hands. Receive his ministry. He's about to take you into a classroom that you've never been before. Thank you, Lord. And we praise your name. In Jesus' name, you may take your seats.
Thank you, Jesus. It feels good. Tony, Tony, Tony. It feels good to be back. Amen. Amen. I want to uh, shout out all the ministers for their faithfulness over the last four months. Um, I did preach once here in the last four months, but um, outside of that one time in November, um, I, I want to thank uh, Minister uh, Jackie, Minister uh, Cleavon, Minister Allen, and elect Minister David <laughs> for um, standing in the gap, and also Minister Am uh, Emmanuel Lambert for um, coming on December the 30th. Uh, we, we got a, a, some exciting things. Oh, Minister Courtney, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got you in my nose, so that you're coming. All right. And Minister Courtney, I'm sorry, my fault. <laughs> the, the better half, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. God preach me any day. God, God preach me any day. Uh, I've been preaching almost every Sunday for the past 17 years. Did you, did you know that? Like, almost every, not every Sunday, but almost every Sunday. Um, 17 years is a long time. That's a kid right there who's about to go to college. Um, 17 years, and then I've been preaching at least almost like once a month for the last 25 years. So um, I, I'm not trying to prove anything. Um, it, I, I've, I've preached. I, I've, I've said bad things in the pulpit. Not a, not a profanity. Cleveland was there. You know what I'm talking about? I said the N-word one time, and the Holy Ghost lifted just like that. And I was like, dang. Um, I was, uh, one time I was um, um, dis discriminatory towards um, like same-sex agenda loving people. And I, I said the F, not the F cuss word, but the other word. And Holy Spirit lifted then too. That was when I was a teenager. I mean, I was youth ministry. And uh, I've learned a few things, what not to say and, and um and so, but tonight, today, we're going to dive right into this word. I've been thinking about it, meditating on it. Um, I want to share some things along where my wife did an exceptional job the last three weeks, and I want to share, uh, I want to continue to share along those lines about confession, and then we, we may have another series for you the following week. Um, how many know that confession is important? So my title is Master, Mastering Faith. The cure for bad confession. Go ahead and say that. Mastering faith, the cure for bad confession. Okay, so confession is a very important part of my life, as you know. Um, I haven't really taught a lot about it, um, but I, I've mentioned it. If you've been around me for a little bit, you know that I, I'm, I'm really big and keen on what we say, what we say every day. Um, I learned about confession I'm confessing the word of God from my parents. So y'all give it up for mom, Jackie. Yeah. Uh, she, she, she taught me confession when I was just a little boy. I didn't learn John 3.16 first. I learned 1 Peter 2.24. Um, and she used to lay hands on me every single day, which I rolled my eyes. I hated it. She would lay her hands and plead the blood of Jesus. I'm like, okay, can I just go to school and eat some Smurf cereal? Uh, which they don't have anymore. I tried to. I'm going to bring that back when I become a millionaire. Uh, um, but I learned confession from my mom and my dad, who's rejoicing in heaven. Also, I've, I've learned it from some generals in the faith, and I just want to give a shout-out to them. Um, they're not listening because they, they got better things to do. Um, they're either in heaven or on earth doing something. But um, 
evangelist Gussie Lee Turner, who, who the Lord used mightily in my life, in my mom's life. And um, she's chilling with Jesus, uh, probably teaching and laying hands on people. And, and, and then um, Kenneth E. Hagan, I learned from him as well. And um, Kenneth Copeland, he's still alive. He's like 83, I think, 82, 83, and preaching like six hours a day. I mean, traveling around the world. I mean, I, I want to be like that. Got all his teeth and, and all, the, all the just wonderful things going on. Um, and then Dr. Nova Hayes, who just recently went home to be with the Lord, um, I learned confession from him as well. And then um, my pastor, uh, my spiritual father, one of them, um, Pastor Dave Roberson out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I really had an intense, I was at his church about five years and learned really intense confession and meditation, prayer, and so forth. And um, those are, these are some of the men in a woman, the woman, besides my parents, my mom, who have had impact on my life as it relates to confession, the words that we speak. They help to understand, help me to understand the power of words and faith confessions. So today I want to share about faith goals. I mean, no, we need to have some faith goals. I'm going to give you everything that I got for this service. <laughs> um, confession is one of the highest expressions of our faith. Christianity is called the great confession. And so confession is one of the highest expression of our faith. And so if you're not speaking what God has said, you are missing opportunities to preach or to declare or to meditate or to call the word of God manifestation into your life. What we say matters to God and to us. God can have wonderful words over your life, but unless you open your mouth and say what God says, you will not experience the fullness of what God has for you. As you've heard the last three weeks, confession is a lifestyle. Everybody say a lifestyle. lifestyle. Now, I'm not going to rush. I'm just going to take my time. You may have heard some stories. You may have heard the, the scriptures, but I want you just, just to receive um, because the Holy Spirit is here to demonstrate or to display his wisdom and knowledge. Amen. I do believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe he's working on your heart even as I'm speaking. He's, he's here. I mean, I'm, I'm probably more aware of the Holy Spirit than I've ever been before. And thanks to um, Catherine Kuhlman, who I've got a chance to study after a little bit while I was on the sabbatical. Um, so... When ministering to the sick, I always encourage people to speak the word of God daily. Like I've said before, there's times that I've um, ministered to the sick and I, and I tell them, do they believe? And of course, they say they do. And they say what I, they think I want to hear. I, th that's the worst thing you can do for me is to talk to me as to talk to me in a way that you think I want to hear something and for you to say that. Uh, um, just say what you want to say, but don't say it for my benefits. Don't y'all hate that? People say stuff to you just for your ears. I, I, I don't like that. I, I can pick it up. Like, nope, 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 nope. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, when ministering to sick, I, I try to teach them to speak the word of God daily. If you haven't heard the messages the last three weeks, go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. 
and uh, we were trying to work with Dr. Um, Jay-Z and uh, Miss Beyonce. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's prophetic. Somebody gonna give him a doctor, um, honorarium. Uh, so, um, so check check that out on those those, those three messages. All right. Um, so before I go into my scriptures, I'm gonna give you some scriptures, some other scriptures. Let's go to Romans one real quick. Romans one. I, I have lots of scripture. First, let's go to Hebrews eleven. Let me just slow down. Uh, when when you haven't preached in a long time, then it's kind of like you want to give everything you got. Eleven. Hebrews 11, chapter, cha- Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. When I mean, you got to say, I got it. Okay, Let, let's do a traditional thing. Let's stand up and, for the reading of the Word of God. I'm reading out of the ESV. And if you got a different translation, read your translation like it's your only translation. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Thank you for the reading of the word. You may take your seats. So we know that faith is extremely important. For without faith, it is impossible. I didn't say impossible. It's impossible to please God. That's, that's worth your life. That's worth you driving across the different townships that you came, had to go across to come here. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So God is a faith God. Everything about God is faith. He's faithful. He's full of faith. And he, he, I love what Dr. Charles Capps said. He says that God doesn't do anything first without speaking it. God always speaks a thing first, and then he does it. So let's look at... Let's go to Romans chapter 1, Mastering Faith, the, the Cure for Bad Confession. The Cure of Bad Confession. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. How I many people are not ashamed of the gospel? Amen. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Notice this, that the gospel is the power of God. If I want to experience the power of God, I need to experience the gospel. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Notice that, that though it is the power of God, only those who believe will experience that salvation. Did you see that? So though it's the power of God, though the gospel is preached and proclaimed, unless you receive it and believe it, you cannot experience it. And it says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for in it or in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith or faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Old King James says, and the just shall live by faith. Everybody say, the just shall live by faith. All right, so God expects us to live by faith. I don't know what you think about when, you, when it comes to living by faith. I don't know if you think about people leaving their jobs and doing full-time ministry or people writing faith checks. Um, that is not faith. Faith is, uh, that there is a, uh, a, a reality of faith. But God expects his people to live by faith. 
Uh, one last scripture before we get into my notes. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Mastering faith, the cure for bad confession. How many know you can speak some bad things? Amen. You really can. And, and, and I, I want to encourage you today about speaking the word even more so like my lovely wife did for three weeks. Verse 20, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. Well, let me just ask you this. When were you crucified with Christ? Were you there 2,000 years ago? Oh, okay. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but who? But Christ who lives in me. Let me tell you this, that Jesus wants to live his life in you. And the Holy Spirit will take you down the road of the crucifixion. Holy Spirit didn't just come for you to shake and quake and dance, and nothing's wrong with those things, but he is sent to take you down that road that he took Jesus down, the road of Calvary. He wants to take you to the cross, but he doesn't want you to stay there. Sometimes the only thing we have is a cross theology and not a resurrection theology. So yet, though Paul says, I know nothing among you except for Christ and him crucified. But then he didn't stop there. For 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, for um, being of importance, the gospel, on a, we believe that the third day Jesus was raised from the dead. So the resurrection is just as important as the, the death and the burial of Christ. So here he says, but Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. How many are actually allowing Christ to live in them? Christ wants to live his life in you. Too many of us are living for ourselves. We make our decisions based on what we want. We don't submit it to God. We don't submit it to the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't ask the Holy Spirit if it's okay. I'm telling you, you need to submit your life. And how many know that it, it pays to obey God, but it also will cost you something. There is a sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice. God is after pulling you out of your comfort zone into a zone of call faith. He will, he will allow you to be uncomfortable. And you may not have, be a, a better version of yourself. Jesus didn't die to give us a better version of himself. He, he dies to make us brand new creations. I mean, I don't want an old version of a sinner. <laughs> I want a new version of, I, I, I want a new birth. I want to be born again. I, I, I was, you know, people say, well, I was born this way. I was born a liar. I was born a thief. I was born gay. Well, get born again. I was born a fornicator. I was born an adulteress. I was born um, a one to gossip. Be, get bo God calls us to be born again, to be a brand new creation, something that never existed before. God is not in the business of renovating your old self. He's in the business of making you new. And guess what? He's not going to renovate the earth. That's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's f finish this. And the life I live now, the life I, I now live in the flesh. How many know that we're in the flesh? Okay, just, 
just um, go home and you'll be in the flesh. <laughs> I mean, you, you live in the flesh. I mean, there's, we have a sinful nature. We, we want to do things that are not right. Come on, don't look at me with those holy eyes. I mean, there, there's, we want to eat what we want to eat. We want to look at what we want to look at. We want to sleep when we want to sleep. There's a thing called watchings. The watchings. You ever heard of watchings? <laughs> uh, Paul did watchings, and that's a lost discipline, a lost art. Watchings is you sacrifice your sleep to pray. <laughs> Sound like a shut-in to me. <laughs> but you don't have different artists coming through. <laughs> you have the artist to come through, Jesus. <laughs> uh, uh, the life I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by what? Faith in the Son of God. So our life should be governed by our faith. We're to live by our faith. We're not to live by our emotions. We're not to live by our, um, our decisions or our minds or the minds of the Lord. We're to live by our faith in Jesus. Everything about the Christian life should be governed by their faith in Jesus. Man, that's good stuff. All right, let's go to a familiar scriptures now. Let's, let's dive into Proverbs 18. Mastering faith, the cure for bad confession. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 21. When you got to say, I got it. Proverbs 18. Here we go. Only if I could get it, right? 18, 21. You should highlight this. If you have, like, I, I know we live in a, uh, a technology um, day, and, um, and a lot of times people have their Bibles on their phones, and I'm not preaching against that. I mean, I understand and today. But this is nothing like having a Bible. I mean, I know you can highlight little stuff on your phone, but you should invest in a good Bible. Okay, I'm just going to say. I mean, I get no profit of advertising a physical Bible. I think it's good just to have a physical Bible. And you can leave notes. You can write notes or highlights. And so when you die, you can give it to your kids. Ah. I mean, that, that, that little smartphone or app, unless they have the password, that's going to die with you. <laughs> okay, never mind. Proverbs 18, verse 21. <laughs> Death and life are were. The power to, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So death and life, God has placed before us death and life. And Deuteronomy, he says, I, I've placed before you death and life, and if I were you, I would choose life. So not only does he place death and life in front of us, he tells us which one to choose. That's a good God right there. And so death and life are in the power of tongue. So we have the ability to speak death into our death, I mean, into our life, or life into our life. Um, you need to speak death into bad habits. Um, my, my cousin, who um, is now an evangelist, an elder, pastor's wife, and every, I mean, she, she does a lot. And she was addicted to marijuana. She was addicted to cigarettes, I think Newport, for 22 years, but then she was addicted to marijuana for a long time. I think uh, 12, 13, 14, maybe longer. And she said that the addiction to marijuana was, was harder than the addiction to the cigarettes, which I kind of thought was interesting. And so I began to tell her, actually, I'm telling the story wrong. I, she was addicted to cigarettes. She was able to give up the marijuana, but wasn't able to give up the cigarettes. And, and I began to tell her and encourage her based on this scripture. I said, now, every time you smoke your Newport, I said, I don't want you to go and throw it away, right? 
that's a radical people. Oh, just flush it down the toilet. Well, they're just going to be looking for some, you know, some tobacco and roll it up or something or go down to the store and pay another five, ten dollars for it. And so she began to, um, I said, every time you smoke this, your cigarette, you, you, you speak death to that habit. Say, in the name of Jesus, I'm free from you, Newport. In Jesus' name, I, I call myself free for Newport. And she did that for two and a half weeks. And guess what? She's been free ever since. And that was over 10 plus years ago. She spoke death into that bad habit. So if you have some bad habits that you need to break, procrastination, lying, um, cussing, you speak death into those things. And then you speak life into your life. I, I, I speak to my kidneys. I thank you, Lord, that I have strong kidneys. I, I have no kidney problems, no kidney disease. But because I worked at a hospital for X amount of years, I was a transporter, and people were going to dialysis, and I, I saw the pain that they were in, so I said, you know what, every single day I'm going to speak to my kidneys. I thank you, Lord, that I have strong kidneys. I thank you, Lord, that my kidneys function accordingly. Now, nothing's wrong, but I'm speaking it, amen? Um, I speak to my liver. I speak to my heart. I, I command my heart to be in perfect condition in Jesus' name. I live to be old, man, and old and gray, and I die when I want to die. Amen. I see my kids and my kids' kids, and I kind of negotiated sending my kids' kids' kids, all right? We're talking about that with the Lord right now. So just kind of like I, I, I declare that I'll have all my teeth. For years I've been declaring that I have strong teeth and that I'll never lose any of my teeth. What I did not say is that, um, that my, my, my feeling would not come out. And so about a year or so ago, one of my feelings came out, and I was mad. I said, oh, my goodness, the devil is a liar. <laughs> and so I began to say, now, Lord, I thank you that I'll go to the dentist in time to refill him, but I don't want anything to come out. I want my teeth to, to outlive me. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't want people to buy them or anything, but I just I declare that I'll have strong teeth. You may say, well, that's vain. Well, I have what I say. You keep saying what you say, and I keep saying what I say. And I say I'll have strong teeth, and I'll live long, and I'll be healthy and wealthy, and I'll do the will of God, and I'll die when I want to die. I want to die like Dr. Miles Moreau preached about, dying empty. I want to die without any books inside of me. I want to die without any songs inside of me. I want to die without any children in me. I want to die without any making wealth inside of me. Come on. Amen. And so I, you have to declare those things. And I, and I begin to say, I'll never see the inside of a jail without, with the exception of um, um, uh, 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 ministering to somebody. I used to have a prison ministry for five years. And, and I, I'm telling you, I do not want to be confined. And, and I say, Lord, I thank you for the wisdom of God. And I begin to, now I'm speaking that over my boys. I say, you'll never see in the inside of a jail with the exception of ministering to somebody in jail. Come on now. We have the power to speak those things. I thank you, Lord, that my boys will, will live long. They'll be virgins when they get married and have lots of sex. Yeah, I did say that. They have a wife that they'll, they'll look and love on and, and just get excited about, and no other woman or man can tempt them. Amen. Okay, go to Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. Come on. I'm getting too real for you, right? Okay. I mean, I, I pray, I pray, I said, Lord, deliver my boys from strange women and strange men. 
there's some crazy people. And I said, I don't want to have to go to jail for somebody. I got a machete in my house, and I will cut. All right, so anyway, but we won't see that side of PD. And I said, thank you, Lord, that they'll never be violated. Come on now. In the name of Jesus, they're angels. And so not only do I speak those things, but I teach them about their body parts. No one is supposed to touch you there. Amen. I'm telling you, that's going to save somebody, some little kid right there. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And this book of the law shall not depart from your what? Mouth. So the mouth is important, but you should meditate in it or on it day and night. My lovely wife talked about day and night. And so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Notice that who's going to make their way prosperous? You are. Sometimes people say, well, God made me prosperous. No, you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And so, yes, God indirectly makes you prosperous, but you got to do your part. It says, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. And you know what? We, instead of the book of the law, you know what we have sometimes? We have the book of doubt and unbelief. We have the book of fear in our mouths. We have the words of the devil in our mouths. Come on. We got to be careful of what we have in our mouths. Glory to God. Let's go to a couple more scriptures. Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to give you some very practical tips. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Mastering faith. Remember, confession is one of the highest expression of faith. It is a corresponding action. It is not the only action, but it is a corresponding action. You know how the scripture says in James that faith without works is dead, right? Well, part of the works is the confession of the mouth. You got to work the word. You got to work your mouth. Your mouth got, has to do a job. You got to speak some things. You got a spouse, and there's some changes that need to go on in that spouse. Speak change over that spouse. Now, you don't have the authority over people's wills, but when you're in covenant, you got a covenant God that is in between y'all. So you can pray some things and speak some things that would change that spouse. I'm not talking about using witchcraft or roots. I'm from the South, so they got roots and they do stuff. They go to Louisiana. Some of my folks are down from Louisiana. I'm not talking about that mess. I'm talking about speaking the word of God, not your will, but the word of God over individuals. My wife, there's, there was a time that, that, that she, she wanted to see some change and she began to speak and pray the word of God over and I began to change. And I came to her. She says, Praise God, I've been praying about that for X amount of months or years. <laughs> you can speak change because you're in covenant with that person. Now, I can't speak so much change over a person who's speaking doubt and unbelief outside of that covenant, but I have a covenant right over my wife and my kids and my dogs. I can't speak the, life, I can't speak the word of God over every dog, but I can speak the, life, the word of God over my dogs. Come on. So you got to understand your dominion. I, I can't have faith for somebody who's struggling and I'm, I'm believing God that they'll live and not die. And they said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Guess what? God's going to honor. They're going to die more so than I, they're going to live coming from me. So you got to be careful. We're not trying to control other people. You control your world. 
Um, there was a message I did many, many, many years ago. Some of y'all were in diapers, some were not even conceived yet. Um, I did a message called Changing Your Tomorrow or Framing Your Tomorrow with Your Words Today. You change tomorrow by what you say today. You are the sum total of what you said yesterday. And I take it one step further. You are the sum total of what you said yesterday. You're the sum total of what you did yesterday. You're the sum total of what you um, believe yesterday. But the expression of that is what you said yesterday. What you said yesterday is what you got today. Amen. Come on, let's change tomorrow. You can change tomorrow by changing what you say about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a great day. You remember that song? There's a song back um, um, in the 70s, 60s. I don't know. Before I was born, I just remember hearing it all my life. Um, things are going to get easier. See. <laughs> all right. What was that? That's speaking some things, right? Things are going to get in. And for African-Americans, things got better, right? We got a president. We had a president. Amen. Things did get better. Yeah. I'm not talking about now, but, you know, things did get better. We, we spoke some things. We were singing about tomorrow. Amen. So we got to change what we're saying today so that tomorrow can be a better day. Okay, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. I'm excited right now. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, you who share in, the, in, in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our what? Confession. These are my confessions, I heard Usher say. These are my confessions. You need to have some confessions, not some confessions, oh, I got this girl pregnant. No, you need to have some other confessions, Amen. amen. I raise my kids. These are my confessions in a godly atmosphere. I raise my kids to be self, um, self-dependent, self, um, self-sufficient financially, self-sufficient as a leader. Come on. Speak some things. And then you got to do some things. Like um, Lady Courtney said, you gotta, your confession brings conviction. And so you move towards that and you create an environment to make godly decisions. I need you to do this. Okay. Um, sometimes, you, you know, you got kids and say, okay, don't, don't help them out. Let them get on the couch by themselves. Yeah. Did Greg, you say amen? Amen. Well, what, what, what is that doing? That is causing them to be independent. I don't want them to be codependent. Come on. I, they, they need to be inter, interdependent, but not codependent. They need to do some things for themselves. I mean, I'm telling you, I, I was a grown behind man coming back from Bible college. I was, I'm about 23 or something. Mom and dad made me pay rent. I hated it. I said, I don't understand this, but I thank God for paying rent in my mama's house, in my daddy's house, because that prepared me to have my own apartment in New Jersey, because in Oklahoma it was $200 a month. Uh, Jersey was a different story. And so that prepared me, that 200 something dollars prepared me to get my own apartment in Jersey. I got that, and then I, then I went to a condo, then I went to a house. How I many of the, the stages? Yeah. Amen. So Jesus is the apostle and the high priest of our confession, what we say. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So we got to hold fast to our confession. When things don't look right, you still got to say what God says. I'm not saying that life is going to be a bed of roses, but you keep saying in the midst of danger, in the midst of trials, in the midst of temptations, you keep saying what God says about your situation. Amen? 
All right. Um, confession isn't something new, but rather it's, it's God's method of creating things into existence. You are saying something all the time. Why not say God's word? And when you're not saying something, you're still saying something. Nothing. Nothing. You, your mouth is the master key to your life. Say, my mouth is the master key to my life. If I want to change my life, I got to change my mouth. Word, no, okay, don't say this. Words are the most important things upon earth. Words, there's power in words. What you say to a child will go inside of a child and shape that child. For years when I was growing up, I was the number one grandson and the number one son, and my family began to say, the number one son is not too bright. And I began to believe that. Until I got a hold of the word of God, or the word of God got a hold of me, I began to change that. I used to be this one kid, this skinny kid from Arkansas, low self-esteem, looking down, never looked at people. Until one day my dad says, wait a minute, you got that from slavery. Especially, you're not looking at white people. Look them in the eye. Be bold. Be brave. And when he said that those words went inside and it lifted up my head. Amen. Amen. So you can't, you got to hold fast or hold firm to your confession. Your mouth is the master key to life. What you say is what you get. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You are either speaking life or death in your life. You speak life into your life. You speak life into your grandkids. You speak life into your great-grandkids. In the name of Jesus, I say that all the kids that come from me will live to serve Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 Um, so I monitor the words that, my words all the time, and I also listen to the words of others and hear what they have to say. I, I, um, I was confessing about my kids before I got kids. When I was a kid, I was confessing about my kids. Did y'all know that? Now you do. Um, I was confessing about my wife before I met my wife, years before. I wanted a godly woman, a woman who could sing and cook. I said it, and guess what? I got it. And a woman that was very pretty, both on the inside and out. I said it. I did not want to. People were like growing up. They was like, oh, what if God sent you an ugly girl? I said, that's not God. I reject that. Not my life. I want somebody who's going to be beautiful. That was, a, that was somebody who said this. Um, they were praying and praying. They, they um, met a, a, a young lady. She was a preacher. He met a young lady. Um, she, she was singing before he was visiting. She sung before he um, preached. And he was doing like a revival. And he married her because of her gift. Never marry a person because of their gift. Never marry a person. And so he married this woman because she can sing. He's like, oh, she'll be good for my ministry. Okay, so check this out, Greg. This is what, she, what, what happened. I'll let you go after this. And uh, she said, so they got married. And, um, and so honeymoon night came. She took off the outlashes, took off the makeup. I think she had uh, uh, one leg. She took that off. And she, and she closed... She, he closed his eyes. He says, baby, sing, baby, sing. Because he had married her for her voice, but did not know what he got. So for those who are single, you need to, now if you're married to somebody ugly, that's your, that's your mate. Right? You say, Lord, change my eyesight. <laughs> I'm not sorry. But I want you to know, if you're single, you can describe to God what type of person you want. 
but you must also become that person. Amen. Amen. Don't say, well, I want somebody who's who, who making six figures. Well, are you making six figures? Amen. I want somebody who's skinny. Are you skinny? I want somebody who got six packs. Do you have a six pack? All right. All right. That's, that's free. Um, but I, I began to speak concerning my wife and my children long before they came into existence. What, what do you want in your life from a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now? The Word of God will shape your tomorrow through what you say today. Today, you are the sum total of what you said yesterday. So you want to change your tomorrow through the things you say today. I'm talking about framing your world like God framed his world through his words. So let's take a look at what God did. Go to Genesis, the very first book. I'm almost finished, believe it or not. Genesis chapter 1, and let's just take, let's just take a, a trip down history, the history of humanity in the world. You know, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many know that God is a creator? And we're called to be co-creators. Did you know that? We are, co we are partners with God to create the world. Um, um, and it says the earth was without form and void. How many have some, some things that is without form in your life? And that's void and darkness. And it says, basically, I'm paraphrasing, the Holy Spirit was waiting for the word to be spoken so he can move. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you to speak chapters and verses so he can perform what you're saying in your life. The reason why things are not happening is because you're not saying anything. Or you're not saying the right things. Verse 3, and God said. Verse 6, and God said. Verse 9, and God said. Verse 11, and God said. Verse 14, and God said. Verse 20, and God said. Verse 24, and God said. And verse 26, and then God said. Before God ever, ever saw anything, he said it. And God, I don't think that this is just here so we can know that God was the creator. I think, I believe it was, it's a model for the way that we should live our lives. We need to say and say, and say. Notice this. He said it, he saw it, and he said it was good. If you want to see some good in your life, you got to start saying some things. Amen. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Mastering faith, the cure for bad confession. Hebrews chapter 11. I know I got you all over the Bible, but since some, some of y'all got uh, smartphones, you can go real quick. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm not preaching against your smartphone. Hebrews chapter 11, and let's look at verse 3. Y'all ready? Here we go. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, it says this. By faith, everybody say, by faith. by faith. Okay, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that that which... So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So God made things that are seen through the invisible. And how did he make it? Through his words. God made the world through his words. You make your world through your words. Everybody, everyone has a world. You have your family. You have your job. You have your community. You have your house. You have your apartment. You have your bedroom. Whatever it is, you have a world. And God expects you and I to be good stewards over our worlds. 
We need to frame and shape our world with our words by putting God's word on our lips. Amen. God's word, there's power in God's word. If you'll speak change in your life, you'll have change. Amen. And like Lady Courtney said, as you speak, conviction comes and then you'll know what to do naturally. But you need to start by speaking some things. Start saying some things. Um, if you don't, then you won't have. Um, God created the heavens and the earth through the words he said. You create your world through what you say. Some will say then, some will say that, that was God and not us. Did, did somebody think that? Let's be honest. Did you just think that? Or well, that was God saying. But then it say we say, okay, just in case you think about that later. Are we supposed to be like God? Yes or no? We're called to be like him. I didn't say we're God. I said we're supposed to be like him. So for those who want to answer that question, let's go to Ephesians 5 real quick. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And let's look at verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. It says, therefore, whenever you find the word therefore, you need to find out why it's therefore. Therefore, be imitators of who? Of God as what? Beloved children. So we're to imitate God. God says some things, and so we need to say some things. Do y'all see that, right? He said it, he saw it, and it was good to him. If we'll say it long enough, we'll see it. What you say long enough, you'll see in your life. Amen. We are co-creators with God. We, we are to speak some things into existence, into existence in our lives. Now, there's a bad rap when it comes to calling things that are not as though they were. And let's take a look at this. Romans 4, and this is my last scripture, believe it or not. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. When you got to say, I got it. I got the one, I got it. All right now. Um, as it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. And in the presence of God, in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead, or quickens the dead, um, and calls into existence the things that do not exist. God calls things that are not as though they were. Did you hear me? God calls things that are not as though they were. Guess what? You do that all the time. If you have an animal, come here, come here, Bambi. You're calling things that are not as though they were. Okay, um, if you have, you know, a thermostat at home and you call it, it's cold in the house, and you turn it up to a certain degree, you're calling the temperature to rise. Come on now. You call things that are not as though they were. I'm not just talking about affirmations. I'm talking about speaking the word of God. And so what, what are we doing? We, God called things that are not as though they were, and what most people do, they call things as though they are as though they are. They call things that are are as, as they are. Some people, if, if in that creation account, some people would have looked out and says, it's dark. <laughs> dark. It's dark. Instead of calling light, God said, let there be light. He said the opposite of what it was happening. Now, facts are facts. We don't, we don't deny facts, but we believe the truth. When you're sick in your body, Yes, we know you're sick, but you call your body healed. I say in the name of Jesus, from the crown of my head, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. 
I thank you that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of allergies. I'm, I'm redeemed from the curse of seasonal allergies. I'm redeemed from the curse of milk allergies. I call my body healed in the name of Jesus. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, I am healed, I am whole, I am free from asthma. My, my airways are perfectly open, and I can breathe freely. I call my bills paid in full. I call American Express paid in full. I call this mortgage paid in full. Well, what scripture do you have, Pastor Dwayne? Romans 13, verse 8, it says, Oh, no man, nothing but to love him. And I call myself free from debt. I'm, my finances are free. Now, you begin to say that long enough, then the Holy Spirit will guide you daily and says, Okay, now, this is what you need to do. Take the overtime. Come on now. So by you calling your, your bills paid and your debts paid off, God, the Holy Spirit, will create a demand for overtime. Come on. God, the Holy Spirit, will begin to open up opportunities. You have the ability to call things into existence, into your life. We don't deny things. Like, there's a, that's what's called Christian science. Stay away from Christian science. You can study it and know what it is, but it's so off. It's far from Christianity, the real Christianity. Christian, Christian science says mind over matter. And they deny facts. Go to the doctor. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. But you cough it. <laughs> you are sick. You call healing. I call healing into my body. Y'all see the difference? The Bible says, 1 Peter 2.24, 2, 2, by whose stripes you were healed. If I, were, if I was healed, I am healed. I call my body healed, though I'm dealing with sickness. I don't deny that I'm sick. I deny it's right to stay in my body. Y'all understand that? I deny poverty to stay in my family. The reality is I got these many bills but the truth is, my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That sounds good on Sunday, but when Monday comes, those bills are due or overdue. So what do you do? You continue to say what God says about it. I call the value of this house to rise now in Jesus' name. I call this house, the value of this house to rise. I say that when it's time to sell this house, there'll be people lined up trying to buy it. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. You have the ability to speak things into existence. God is not afraid of you creating a planet. Sometimes people look at this and say, well, you can't speak the things into existence. I can't speak it into your life. I can speak into my life. I call my body healed. I call my family blessed. I call my, my church growing and we're outgrowing our present building. Come on now. We have buildings and lands. We have a full staff, paid staff. Uh, we call members in from the north, south, east, and west, from a touching. <laughs> we call them in in Jesus' name. <laughs> we call people in. 
we say that our next building will have a parking lot. We say that in the name of Jesus, that we are impacting the world. All right. So, so what are you doing? You're calling things that are not as though they were. Right now, it doesn't look like it. it, it you have 20 members. You have 30 members. You have 40 members. It, it doesn't look like. But I don't say what it looks like. I say what I want according to the word. Amen. Um, faith confessions create reality in our lives. Let me say that again. This right here is worth the trip to come to church this morning. Faith confessions create realities in our lives. If you speak his word in your life, you'll see his word in your life. If you speak his word in your life, you'll see his word in your life. The devil in the world and the religious system hate this truth. You'll never rise above your confession. Let me say that again. Say this. Say, I will never rise above my confession. The person that says, I cannot, and the person who says that I can are both right. You say, I cannot, you cannot. You say that I can, I can. What, what is that little train? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. You change your thinking. I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm an overcomer. I'm a world overcomer. I overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. When the devil comes knocking at my door, I whip his butt with the word every single time. Now, if you, if you, you say, I'm a millionaire and you believe it, then your action must line up with it. But first you need to start out, let's say that you need some finances. You start out in the land of not enough. So, so there's three stages. A land of not enough, a land of just enough, and then a land of more than enough. Sometimes we want to just go from a land not enough right into the land of more than enough. God says, no, you got to go to the land of more, just enough. So you start believing God. So so instead of believing God for the million dollars, which will take you a, a while to develop your faith, you start believing God for just enough. Mm-hmm. What happens is we, we, we skip over steps and try, instead of trying to run 10 miles, first you got to run what? The first mile, right? All right. So sometimes when using your faith, you cannot jump from not enough to more than enough without going to the land of just enough. So now... Instead of believing God for a million dollars, let's believe God for $200 outside of your job. Lord, I thank you for $200. Based on your word of God, I need an extra $200 to meet this need. So according to your word, um, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I believe I receive $200. And I thank God, keep thanking God, keep worshiping and calling this $200 in. Bam, $200 comes. And as I'm faithful with that, as I begin to develop, then I begin to thank God for 500, for 1,000, for 1,500. Are, are you seeing the picture, right? Mm-hmm. We want to go from zero to a million and say it doesn't work mm-hmm. because you didn't take the steps. Youth ministry, when I was youth pastor, um, we had, I think when I took it over, about 30, 25 to 30 kids. I began to declare, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for 50 kids. I thank you for consistent 50 kids. Bam, we got 50 kids, not right away, but 
months later. And then I said, Lord, I thank you for um, 100 kids. I thank you for 100 kids. I thank you, Lord, for 100. I believe I receive 100 kids in the name of Jesus. Kids are coming from all over. I thank you. When they come to our events, they come from all over in the name of Jesus. Then we get 100 kids, then 150, then 200. And then one time we did an event, it was 1,000 kids. And I was scared to death. I said, God, I don't have enough people. Let me call the Rawway police station. Hey, do you have a cop that is um, off duty? I will pay him $25 an hour. And he came, and we paid him $25 an hour. I'm telling you, it works. I've seen it work. When I came to our church, this church here, I, when I started pastoring, I said nothing for four or five years. And guess what we got? Nothing. Now we start saying it. And now we start saying it. Amen. I want to encourage you um, to start creating some faith goals. What is it that you want to change in your life? Uh, is it your, your eating habit? Is it, um, is it your finances? Is it wisdom? Um, if your goal is to get out of debt, then you want to start making plans to get out of debt, both naturally and spiritually. Sometimes people, again, they want to use their faith, but they want to neglect the nat natural. So how many know you got to do the natural? Um, doing, exercising your faith is not an excuse to not do what is natural, what's needed and natural. I, I believe in God for a job. Well, if you don't go apply for a job, dummy, you won't get the job. Uh, if you don't fill out the application, they won't ever call you. Uh, I believe in God for a spouse. And if somebody invites you out or you see a young per a person, young or old, then um, if you're not in an environment for some, somebody's just not going to come on your door, I want to marry you. You got to put yourself in environments. Now, now don't go to the clubs. <laughs> hey, hey, I call you my husband. No, you don't because you don't know what you're calling. All right, I'm sorry. That Sometimes you got to start by using your faith and then, uh, but not neglecting the natural. So the first, here's some steps. I'm going to give you these steps and I'm going to sit down. Here we go. The first step into mastering faith, the cure for bad confession, what do you think it is? Guess, come on. Speak, what else? Pray. Okay, first step is to spend time with God. To pray in the word. Take the time. So the first step is to spend time with God. Take the time to pray so you can be led by God what to do. God will lead you in the way that you should go. Um, we will talk about the leadership of the Holy Spirit in a few Sundays and maybe perhaps next Sunday, how God leads his people. But you must spend time with God. If you don't spend any time with God, then you, you only have formulas and not principles. Spend time with God first and the principles you can apply. The Holy Spirit will lead you what to say and how to say it and how to use your faith. Seek God first and then seek God for your needs. So just don't come to God for what he can do for you. First come to God for God and then come for him what you need from him. That's the first step. Number two, find scriptures to meditate upon. Find scriptures to meditate on. Before you go all the way in with confessions, faith confessions, take the time to meditate on the scripture. And this is where boys become men and girls become women. It's taking the time to meditate. Take the time. to. One way to meditate is to baptize your mind and your understanding in the word of God concerning the area that you want to see change. What does God say about this area? What, what does God say about my body, my marriage, my finances, my wisdom, direction, etc.? 
you, may, you need to make the necessary time to find out what God says about those areas. If you need physical healings, what do you think you need to be meditating on? Healing scriptures. Meditate on the healings and miracles of Jesus in healing scriptures. If you need, if you need finances, what do you need to meditate on? Finances, prosperity scriptures. What about wisdom? Wisdom scripture. Direction. Scriptures that promise you the direction. This is where some will be lost because they don't take the time to meditate. They just want to start speaking. That's called lazy faith. Some people have lazy faith. They don't want to take the time to do the necessary work to get the word in your heart and in your mind. Turn off the television, turn off the computer, turn off social media, and fill yourself with the word. It's amazing. People want healing, but they're looking at television. I'm believing God for my healing. Oh, let's see what happened in Empire. Yeah, I'll I, I get to that confession piece, that meditation. But you got to take the necessary time to meditate. And that's, it's not enough to want something, but you got to get the word of God in your heart, in your mind, in your, in your mouth. Uh, it isn't enough to write down your faith goals, but you must go to the source of your faith, which is the word of God. All right, so that, what step is that? That's number three? Step two. Step two, thank you. Uh, the, sec, the third step is after you find out what God says about it, then begin to speak it. Speak the area that you've been meditating on. So whether it's healing or, and so what I do is I use what is called faith triggers, faith triggers. So if I'm believing God for direction, there's a scripture in Psalm 37 verse 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So every time, this, this is faith triggers. Everybody say faith triggers. So what triggers me to speak that word concerning direction is every time I walk out to my car, I thank you, Lord, that my steps are ordered by the Lord. I thank you that you instruct me and teach me in the way that I should go. Psalm 32, verse 8. I thank you that, that when the spirit of truth come, he'll guide me into all truth. I thank you for leading me and guiding me in the way that I should go. You're the Lord God that teaches me to profit and leads me in the way that I should go. I'm using my steps to my car as faith triggers. When I'm speaking about my son, Declan, he, he's, you know, According to the facts, he, have, he has a lot of allergies. He's allergic to milk. He's allergic to nuts. He's allergic, according to the facts, he's allergic to um, um, eggs. So every time I change his diaper, I speak to his body. I say, in the name of Jesus, Declan Levi Wright, you are redeemed from the curse of allergies, seasonal allergies. You're redeemed from the curse of nuts. Um, you're redeemed from the nuts allergies. You're redeemed from the curse of um, allergies of milk. You can drink any milk you want without any reaction. In the name of Jesus, you, you're, you're redeemed from the curse of allergies of eggs. In the name of Jesus. What am I doing? I'm saying that, and you change a, a, a child how many times a day? A, a toddler. About five, six, seven times. So I'm speaking the word. That, that's a faith trigger for me. Um, whether it's, um, if I'm trying to build up my image, I, I, I put something in the mirror and I said, thank you that I'm fearfully, wonderfully made by God. I'm God's workmanship. I'm not that God has made me according to his according to his likeness. And uh, he's made me in his image and according to his likeness. I thank you that I'm liked by God. He made me in his likeness. What was that, What's that going to do? That, that's a faith trigger. Whatever it is, you got to develop your own faith triggers. You got to figure out what would trigger you to say it every time. It's not just saying it one time, it's saying it throughout the day. 
all the time. You wake up in the middle of the night. Lord, I thank you, Lord, I'm healed from the, by the stripes of Jesus. If you're using the bathroom, I thank you that my kidneys are strong. I've been saying this for years. Nothing's wrong with my kidneys, so you don't have to email me later. I, I, I thank you that my kidneys are strong. I thank you that my kidneys are strong, and they'll live long, and they'll do what they're supposed to do. I thank you my liver is strong. I thank you that my lungs are strong. I thank you that my mind, I'll never lose my mind. I'll be 85 years old and still got my mind. My mind is intact in Jesus' name. Amen. I will not lose my memory. I thank you that the memory of the blood, the, the memory of the just is blessed. My memory is blessed. The Holy Spirit brings all things to my remembrance. I do not forget stuff. I remember things. I forget the bad stuff. I forget negative words, but I keep saying my mind is sharp. I'm smart. I'm sharp. I'm bright. I got I have a sharp, I, I remember things quick. I have a quick understanding. Isaiah chapter 11 says, the spirit of, of quick understanding, wisdom and understanding. My mind is sharp. I remember people's names. Come on now. I'm telling you, as you get older, things to start seem like that curse, the curse in the world, start to move into your body. No, no, no arthritis, no part of my life in the name of Jesus. Cancer will never be my story and my destiny in the name of Jesus. Now, you got to eat right. you got to exercise. you got to do the natural. But how many know that you can do all those things and still get sick and die? So I need super, God will put his super on my natural. So I do the natural, I eat right, I run, I get in shape, I lose weight. Then I, I, I speak the word so that super can be on my natural. So not only naturally I'm doing what's right, but spiritually I'm working on it. Amen. Triggers. Put, you know, you got bills, you're behind on your bills, stack up all your bills. In the name of Jesus, I call this bill paid off in Jesus' name. My God supplies all my needs according to his reason. Now, don't go, you, you, you pay off your credit card, don't go charge it up again. You just nullify your confession. You, your, your actions must line up what you're believing for. Amen. Amen. The next one is you must start out small. So if you have a $500,000 debt, then start out by believing God for just $1,000 or $500 or $100. Believe God in the small things because as you get those small victories, then you know that you can see that the bigger giants will fall eventually. The giants are falling in my life. That's what the Holy Spirit gave me beginning of the year. The giants are falling in my life. So I got to tackle the little giants. Then I remember David, he started out with what? what? What did he start out before he got to Goliath? The lion, and then what else? The bear, and then what else? The giant. <laughs> so he started out with the small. So notice if he didn't have faith in the, the lion and the bear, he wouldn't have got, had faith for the, the Goliath. So you got to start out something, right? How do you walk a million miles? How do you walk a thousand miles? How do you eat an elephant? Okay, how do you tackle debt? One bill at a time. How do you tackle sickness? You, you eat right. You speak the word of God. Amen. <laughs> I just like the overhaul, right? Some of us need overhaul. Okay, the next one is speak the word of God all the time. In prayer, throughout the day, throughout the night, if you wake up, speak the word. Now, don't speak it for others' sake. I make a lot of confessions, but I don't say it in front of my wife a lot of times. I don't say it with others. I don't just say it in front of anybody. I just say me and God. I don't go on the job and say, hey, by the strength of Jesus, I'm healed. Fire that joker. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not for, you don't confess for other people. You confess for yourself. 
So don't try to impress somebody. I believe in God for this. Don't, you don't even have to tell people what you believe in God for. Let them see it. Yes. Amen. The next one is thank God over his word. Thank God over his word. Take time daily to worship and thank God for what you are confessing for. Thank God over his word. The next one is to do what you need to do in the natural. We talked a lot about that. You sit, go to the doctor. You, I mean, you trying to believe God. Oh, Lord, I, I, I'm not going to take this medicine. You better take that medicine in Jesus' name, though. Thank you, Lord, that this medicine will not have side effects. Of course, you need to be led by the Spirit because some medicine just creates other problems. So, of course, I'm not telling you, you need to check with your daughter and say, what would this, what's the side effects? Um, the next one is um, don't be moved by what you see but only by the word of God. Don't be moved by what you see. All right, with that said, I got a little something for you. Gentlemen, would you please pass this out? Somebody, anybody? So this is your vision board goals checklist. It, it covers fitness, personal growth goals, relational goals, fun goals, career goals, financial goals, okay? So I want you to write this out. I want you to um, take some time, and this will get you on, the, on some of the like pers personal growth goals. Uh, how many books do you want to read by when? That's, that's different. But you can begin. This is a first step for this. Okay, my next thing I have for you is this wonderful book. Mark, can you help me out? It's, it's um, the In Him in hymns. This will teach you. I, I, I got a hold of this when I was a teenager, and it will change your life. It helps you with your confessions. So um, he starts out about our confession rules us, or our confessions rule us, and he goes through the scriptures, and then when you get to about chapter three, um, it talks about the in him scriptures. The Great Confessions. So if you go to, go to page 12 real quick in this mini book right here, In Him. This book will change your life if you'll read it and apply it. Let's take a look at this. Um, the first one, it says Romans 10, 9, and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and the mouth his confession is made unto salvation. Here's the confession. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he was raised from the dead for my justification. I confess, his, confess him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus is my Lord. He is dominating my life. He is guiding me. He is leading me. Of course, the first confession we must make is the confession of Jesus as our Lord. Being born again, becoming a child of God is the key which unlocks all of God's provisions and promises to us. This confession changes our lordship and goes on. Let's look at the next one, verse, I mean, page 13. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. In him we live and move and have our being. This is the confession. In him I live and move and have my being. What, what a vast storehouse of power. In Christ, my Savior and Lord, I have life, energy, strength, for the impossible task. So this is a good book to start out with about confessions. And at the end, on page 28, he gives you different scriptures about in him, in the beloved, in Christ, in the Lord, in whom by Christ, by him, by himself. And these are scriptures that you need to write out, 
um, and to begin to confess. This will help you. This will create redemption realities in your life. Did y'all hear me? Sometimes God has, not sometimes, God has wonderful things stored up for us, but if we don't take the time to speak those things, we will not walk in the fullness of it. And, and this right here is just for your personal, this is to help you along the way with some of the things you want to do, whether career-wise, financial, or relationship, and so forth. Begin to speak those things that you want to happen in your life. Close your eyes. Father God, I thank you for these, your people. I praise your name. I thank you. What a wonderful opportunity it is to serve them and be back in the pulpit. I pray that they'll master the faith, master faith by, um, by operating in confession and speaking the word of God. I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.